to Totalus Rankium. This week, Andronicus 4. And welcome to Roman Empress Totalus Rankium. I am Jamie. And I am Robin. This is episode 167, and it is Andronicus 4, the son of John 5. Oh dear. <laughs> oh, you're saying oh dear already, Jamie. Maybe he's well, great. Maybe he's wonderful. Well, you did say it was a short one. Yeah, and we have already covered his life in his father's episode last week. Yeah. So unless there was a lot that happened that I just didn't mention, well, who knows? Maybe, Jamie, maybe seeing it from his perspective, maybe we'll see a few little golden shines in, in the utter mess. OK, I'm, I'm willing to see. Yeah. This time, I'm not going to forget, though, the last couple of episodes, I've uh, introduced a, a Rexipod that people might want to listen to after Romans have finished. And... Uh, Editing Rob comes in and says, oh, forgot to introduce it. So this is like normal me saying, hey, listen listen to this. Hi, I'm Serial. And I'm Umberto. And we're the hosts of So You Think You Can Rule Persia, a podcast where we rate and review all the kings of Persia from Diochis to Yazdegerd III. Remember the Persians, those people who fought the Romans for almost a thousand years and you kept hearing about? Well, this is their story. See the flip side of who gets the Valerian hat stand. We'll be discussing the lives and myths of the rulers of Persia before ranking them all and deciding who is really worthy of the title of King of Kings. We hope to have you along for the ride. Oh, that's right. What's better than listening about the Romans? Listening about Romans being the bad guys. Find out the story of the other side. So, you think you can rule Persia? Check it out. And uh, over to pass me. And well done, pass me, for remembering about me this time. Cheers, editing Rob. Right, okay. Into the episode then. Are you ready? Yes. Yes, yes. As we've covered, John Six won the war against Anna of Sausage and her son John Five. Sausage, the yes. Count yes. Gazinos lot beat the Paleologus lot. So, in order to tie the two sides together, little John Five was married to the daughter of John VI, and this is Helena Cantacuzinos. Making a power thing. Good, clever, smart. Yeah. Uh, as covered in John V's episode, he and his wife got to know each other as the Black Death swept through the city. Didn't know they use that as a, as incentive? I can only assume so. Oh, check out those Bebos. Whoa. Oh, yeah, uh, it obviously worked, because nine months later, mm. Andronicus IV was born, and that was the... The, the pop of giving birth, not the pop of yes. the pus-filled viewers. I mean, it could be either could be. in this who, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Right. So Andronicus is born on the 11th of April, 1348. We have a birthday. How nice. Uh, but we don't hear much about his childhood. We get mm. quite a lot about John Cantacuzinos, obviously, and we get a fair bit about John V at times. Uh, but his son, oh, we're a bit source light in this episode. Um, we do know that when Andronicus is two years old... His younger brother was born. His younger brother, of course, being Manuel Dos. <gasps> Manuel Dos. He was yeah, born with so that cool. voice. He's so cool, though. So cool. And so over cool. the years, nine more siblings come along. Remember, this is a, a big family, 11 children in the end. Wow. Yes. Now, to begin with, Andronicus's father was a puppet emperor 
junior emperor to John Cantacuzinos. Then, as Andronicus got older, his father started fighting with Matthew, remember? Yeah. Uh, now, I felt sorry for Matthew. Yeah, yeah, had a tough time. Andronicus wouldn't have really known much about that because he was younger than five years old when all that's going on. Uh, Andronicus, in fact, was five when his father was exiled to Tenedos and his family go with him. So little five-year-old Andronicus is off to live on the island. Nice. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Greek island. Lovely weather. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Beaches. Yeah. Cocktails. I'm sure Andronicus was fine with that. He spent nearly two years on that island. All of it just sort of passing him by. His dad kept popping off trying to sneak into the capital to become emperor again <laughs> and stuff. But, I mean, he's five, six years old. He's probably not paying attention to the current affairs. No. And I can forgive him for that. It's fine. Uh, and then, at the end of 1354, he was suddenly told, Hey, little little Andracus, we're moving to the capital. Yes. Turns out, Daddy's now the sole emperor. Hurrah! Yay! Yay! And at some point after this... Little Andronicus, you are now co-emperor and heir. Huh? Yeah, yeah. That sounds scary. Well, it is. Big responsibility. And if you fail, you'll be judged throughout the ages. Oh. Yeah. In a few hundred years' time, there'll be people literally judging you. So don't don't screw this up, Andronicus. That doesn't seem fair to be... It's not fair. ...light-hearted jokes about my life. It's not fair. Deal with it, said the patriarch, putting the crown upon his head in the heart of Sophia. Um, nice, firm but fair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, ob- obviously, it was in Greek, uh, but rough translation is deal with it. And then the crown is sort of slammed yeah. on, sort of wedged with a couple of sideways moves to make sure it doesn't come yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Maybe he had a screw thread on his head. Oh, maybe, maybe that, that'd, be, that'd be sensible. Um, yeah. And remember, the real crown jewels aren't there anymore. They're sold to Venice. No, sold so, them. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, sorry. So this probably was just a large screw thread. Do you think they turned the crown round or turned him round? Both for maximum joining. Ooh, tightness. Yes, Ooh. exactly. I'll get that off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so presumably, little Andronicus starts learning the ropes of being an heir. But unfortunately, like I say, we get very few details. One thing we do know, however, he was very soon told, he's about eight at this point, that he's got a very important job to do. Little Andronicus, are you listening? Do I? Yes. It's very important. Got to get this right, otherwise people would judge you. You need to get married to the daughter of the Bulgarian Tsar. Oh, girl, no. Yeah, well, her name was Caresta. Caresta? K-E-R... A T S A, Karatsa. I'd pronounce that Karasta. I think um, Karasta just sounds a bit rude. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, well, this is the daughter of the Bulgarian Tsar. It's an important political marriage. Um, so, <laughs> well, little Andronicus, you've got to do your bit. So, the two were roughly about the same age, you'll be pleased to know. They were both roughly eight years old, and they were betrothed. It's not clear when they got married, I couldn't figure that out. Uh, their first-born son, by the way, whose name is John Seven, isn't born for another 15 years, so that doesn't give us any clues. Uh, but we know they get married at some point. Yeah. Presumably not when they're eight years old, but who knows. Anyway, Who's your favourite Pokemon? <laughs> I'm sure they got on famously. I'm sure yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So the next thing we get about Andronicus, uh, flash forward nearly 10 years. He's now 17. He is almost certainly definitely married by this point. And uh, his father leaves with two of his brothers. 
including Manuel. The whole bunch of them. His younger brother. Yes, younger brother Manuel and another brother and his father leave the capital. If you remember, this is because John V was off to the Hungarian king to ask for help. Yes. And who was left behind in charge of the city as regent? Andronicus. Yay! (laughs) Hopefully he sounds a bit older by now. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. Andronicus, you're in charge. Um, Just don't don't do anything silly. I'll be back soon. All right, son? You understand? Whatever. Yeah. So, off they went. Off to ask Hungary for help. We've got no idea what Andronicus IV got up to when he was in charge. We don't even know for certain he was in charge. We are just assuming this. Uh, Some historians speculate that maybe some of the remnants of the Cantacuzinos faction at this point start getting close to him. Trying to entice maybe. Yeah, I mean, we don't know this for certain at all, uh, but historians try to figure out what what the hell's going on with Andronicus? Why does he hate his dad so much? Why does he go against his dad so much? Well, one idea is uh, he fell in with the Cantacuzinos lot. I see, he's a teenager, moody teenager. Maybe he just hates his dad. Who knows? He's so infer! Yeah. After several months, a message arrived. Hello, sir. Your father-in-law, the king of the Bulgars, has imprisoned your father. Oh, what? What an idiot. So your father would like you to send help, sir. Goodbye. (sighs) Now, we don't know why, but Andronicus does not send help. So, speculation time. Forgot. (laughs) Well, (laughs) he either just was incompetent and had no idea how to help, or he hates his father so much that he does not care, or... This is a political move, and young Andronicus isn't really part of it. There are other powerful factions within the capital stopping the help going off. Well, the factions were quite factiony, weren't they? They were. Although, I mean, we're, we've gone quite far from the end of the Civil War now, but yeah, apparently there true. were still Cantacuzinos factions around, even though John Cantacuzinos himself was now a monk. But should we go with incompetence? Let's, let's, go for, let's go for incompetence. Let's say he did try and send help, but... In fact, he sent all their men, every single man he could muster. He managed to raise quite a few thousand. In fact, it was very impressive. Um, mm. But he made one mistake. He put Jeff in charge. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. <clears throat> so when did they return from Britain? <laughs> well, they, they didn't even get to Britain. Oh. No, they all died of starvation half an hour after leaving Constantinople. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows how? <laughs> That's one for our Jeffstorians to figure out. Right, okay, <laughs> so <laughs> all we know is Andronicus does nothing. What we do know is a few months later, a relative arrived in the city. Oh, yes, Jamie, it's the Green <gasps> Count. It's Armando of Sausage. It's yes! Lord Flashheart. He comes yes. kicking the doors down of the capital. Um, we, we don't Get know. Get a load of this! <laughs> uh, we don't know what happens. Um, presumably... Uh, the Count just abuses Andronicus. <laughs> you can kiss my balls. Yeah, and um, yeah. and then, then he's off. Uh, and if Bye! And- <laughs> just, By just- the way, your wife is now pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, presumably yeah. Andronicus IV expected his father to come back soon after that, because let's face it, Daddy, help. Armando <laughs> Sausage is going to be successful. I mean, of course he is. But actually, um, yes, 
His father was rescued, as we saw, but it took them over a year to come back. Presumably, Andronicus IV, when his father did return, gave the power back to his father without a problem, because we don't have any word that he did otherwise. <laughs> I'm guessing, though, words were had. He did yeah. not do a great job. <laughs> um, Andronicus, just, 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 just a few words in here. Just yeah. hear the door creak and close, then just a load of shouting. Po- posi- positivity sandwich. I really like <laughs> the fact that the city is where I left it, son. Well done. <laughs> yes. You are, however, utterly incompetent. An embarrassment to the family name. You idiot. Also, did I mention the city's still here? <laughs> Great. <laughs> John Five. <Good> <laughs> John Five claps his hands, rubs them together. Job well done. Feedback given. And off he goes. Parenting. Yes. <laughs> Now, if you remember John's episode, this is when his father's dealing with all the stuff. The Latin patriarch Paul's come along. He's trying to figure out whether to just convert himself or the entire empire into Catholicism. All that's going on. We don't know what Andronicus gets up to at this point. We do know, however, he attends the meeting between the monk John VI Cantacuzinos and the Latin patriarch Paul. We know that he was in that meeting, but that's about it. He probably slept through it. <laughs> Andronicus. Andronicus! <laughs> yeah, and it was about this time, by the way, however, he must have been doing something that he heard that his wife had had a son. Ah! Lord, Lord Savaloy's son. Brilliant. <laughs> yes, that's a very good point. Came out, wah, woof, woof. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's going to change Turns out things a wolf slightly. Or a person. So we're going to speculate that John Seven was actually the Green Count's son, are we? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Without a doubt. Well, let's look at it objectively. We know that Armando of Sausage walked through the city roughly (laughs) within a year of of someone giving birth. So statistically, it's an almost certainty that this is his son. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'm with you there. Okay, right. So Andronicus has a son that he believes is his own. Uh, and then his father's off again, and this time off to see the Pope, remember? He's begging for help. And who's in charge of the city? Andronicus! Andronicus. <laughs> this time, <Right>. seriously. <laughs> remember the feedback from last time? Yes. <laughs> Be less incompetent. Yes. Be less of a disappointment. Hugs and kisses, father. You're standing here. <laughs> <laughs> so, father's off. And again, your guess is as good as mine what he actually gets up to. We get no real details about him actually leading the city. Uh, If the Cantacuzinos faction are still whispering in his ear, then by now also were the Genoese in the city. Do you think they're giving him sort of, they know he's going to get into trouble? It's a bit like, you should make the roads a bit rounder. Yeah, maybe. Just, Add more of a camber the, onto them. It'd well, the great. The, the Cantacuzinos faction might have just been winding him up. I'm willing to say that. The Genoese had more of an agenda, though, because they had got wind that John V was planning to come home via Venice. Mm. And the Genoese did not like the idea of the Doge of Venice and the Emperor coming to any kind of deal. So wouldn't it be good, they thought, if we could block anything that happened by having the ear of the regent? That would be useful. And this works out perfectly, because when word comes through from his father, oh, just made a deal with the Doge, can you organise the selling of Tenedos to the Venetians? And that way we'll get lots of money, lots of troops, and we can fight back the Turks. Hooray. So what does Andronicus do? La la la, I can't hear you, la la la. Yeah, absolutely refuses. Hands down, refuses. Uh, His father is left imprisoned in Venice, 
yeah. and things are not going well for the Empire at this time because at some point the Turks take Adrianople yeah. so that's a major city gone they're, they're very low on their cities and that's a major mm-hmm. one gone uh, they also defeat the remnants of the Serbian forces in the area and there was some talk about maybe the Empire and the Serbians joining forces uh, to fight back the Turks, but politically it's just not happening. Um, John fives off in Venice, and Andronicus seems to have no desire to actually deal with this problem. Uh, if anything, he wants to just appease the Turks rather than try and fight against them. So the Serbians get no reinforcements, and they are wiped out. And then word reaches him again from his father. This I didn't mention in the last episode. His father says to Andronicus... Could you please sell some of the relics in the churches? Because Oh, we can't do that. Because I need to be let out, and uh, it's the only money that's left. So sell some of the relics, get some money, get me out. Cheers. I mean, there's probably, there's probably a chance you could just, like, sell a load of chicken bones and pretend they're relics, because that's probably what they are anyway, right? Well, although these were very holy relics. Very holy, very holy relics. chicken. I'm guessing these were relics that were also like monetary value because there was a lot of money in the church as well. Yes. So here is the Holy Grail, lovely gold cup. Yeah. Jesus's gold tooth, things like that. <laughs> yeah. So Andronicus IV gets this instruction, and what does he do? La 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 la. Oh, more than that this time. This oh. time he outwardly refuses to do it and declares that this is impious. So he's, I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong, but he's no longer just ignoring things. He's now no. actively going against his father's wishes. He remembered to respond this time. Yeah, so, no, not doing it. That's impious. We can't turn against the church. And like you say, uh, he's he's got a point. The deeply devout would be outraged by this, but the more pragmatic, the more sensible people would realise that maybe, maybe... They need to do something about the Turks coming because they're going to be wiped out soon. Wow. Yeah. So as covered, it was actually his brother, Menwad Dos, who went and bailed their father out in the end. Uh, Andronicus <laughs> did nothing. And eventually, John V returns to the city. He'd been gone for two years by this point. Wow. Just yeah. He comes back, all the roads are different, they're more curvy. Yeah, all the street names have been changed to John V as a fool. Yeah. Yeah, which is very confusing and insulting. Yeah, yeah. Now, we get a little bit more detail about his father's return than last time, but it's still next to nothing. We know that John V ordered a whole bunch of arrests. These were prominent men, and some had been in the Cantacuzenos faction, which is why we think the Cantacuzenos lot were perhaps pulling strings in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we can infer that this is John V trying to get rid of the people who'd whispered in his son's ear to defy him. It seems that's what these arrests were about. We can only assume stern words were had between father and son also. But again, we have no record of them. But there's there's no way that they didn't have a full-blown argument by this point. Andronicus is openly defying his father's orders. Uh, So it is possible, perhaps even likely, that it is at this point that Andronicus IV is informed, you're no longer my heir, son. Your brother Manuel Dos is now my heir. He's so much better and cooler than you. I mean, look at him standing there. No, he's standing, he's leaning. He's leaning, he's playing his flamenco guitar and smoking his cigarette at the same time. How do you do both of those things? And just listen to that voice. Oh, it's it's like a... Silken voice of the angels. Barracuda. Yeah, Yeah. but also really gruff and, yeah, yeah, but also smooth. It's it's just, it's It's, everything. 
It's almost inexplicable. It's honey-coated gravel and his, his pencil moustache. Oh. The way it glints in the moonlight. Oh. Yeah. And what are you, son? Pathetic. You didn't even eat your, your feedback sandwich I gave to you last time. No. No. So Prepare th- for dessert. <laughs> so this time, good, the city's still here. Bad, you're an idiot, you're not my heir anymore. That's like a feedback ice cream. Yeah, it's it's feedback just cold on, with a topping. Yeah, it's just on toast, but cold toast, Ooh. not even a sandwich. No. Yeah. So I guess I'm guessing the conversation went something like this. Uh, shortly after this, John Five, as covered, reluctantly heads off to the Ottoman Sultan Morat. Yes. Please stop it of attacking us. How about the Romans become your vassal state? Andronicus Four was furious about this as was his followers. Not only is he obviously on the way out politically, uh, but his father is selling the emperor. And that means Andronicus's IV's future, it seems less certain. But there is some interesting news. Apparently, the youngest son of Morad is revolting against the sultan. So, Andronicus IV decides, you know what, it would be better to join forces with this rebellion, help overthrow Morad and his father in one swoop. That way, he could become the emperor, this new Ottoman sultan would owe him one. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, the empire would be in a more powerful position because the new sultan would owe him. That's yeah. surely better. I'm guessing yeah. he argued to himself. Yeah, it would destabilise anything at home. It'd be great. So, Andronicus IV leaves the city, just abandons his post. And he goes and joins forces with Morad's son. Uh, details, unfortunately, are very sketchy because this, this sounds like a fascinating period of political intrigue yeah. uh, but it would appear that a full-blown battle was prepared for and the two sides met so you <laughs> <Hello>! had jo- <laughs> you had john five and morad on one side and their two sons on the other side yeah which is interesting uh, however as far as we can tell no battle took place it would appear that the turkish forces upon seeing morad arrive went oh, we're not defecting because we're obviously going to lose this and we don't want to all be murdered. Uh, yeah. So they all just defect. Yeah. The two sons are just left out in the cold, so they flee, they run away. And they run away to Diddy Town. Hooray, Diddy, Town. Diddy Town's back. Remember, Diddy Town is now a Turkish yes. city because it fell, but hey, it's a Turkish city that uh, they fled to. Yeah. Uh, they had some support there. Great coffee shops. Uh, Wonderful yeah, kebabs. great. Unfortunately, though, they're not there for very long. Barely get through their first small cup of coffee before they are just grabbed, arrested, and turned over to their fathers. (laughs) That cost me $18. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, it it just, this revolt just goes terribly bad for both of them. As covered, Morad executes his son, and then, do you remember what happens next? No, I'm going to be honest. Oh, we'll come back to you in a second. Oh, yeah. Morad then says to John Five, and what are you going to do to punish your son? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Because I think you should blind him, John. I disagree. I disagree. Well, you've just come to me and said that you'll you'll be our vassal state, so let's see if you jump when I tell you to. Let's see how vassally you are. Yeah. Well, again, we don't know how Andronicus IV was blinded. As discussed last time, it was either in one eye or just slightly, so he still had some sight. Andronicus IV is not fully blind, but something happens. It's really short-sighted now. Oh, do you think he has well, massive prescription lenses? 
Yes, I think so. Like the ones from the 80s, yeah. the really big, thick yeah. NHS bottle top ones. That's what he's wearing. Yeah, that's what he's wearing. And sandals. Um, <laughs> yes. Do you want to know who I bet was watching? Oh, Manuel. Yeah. <laughs> not not in a condescending or mocking no. way. Just in a, a pitying way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my brother. <laughs> this hurts me as much as it hurts you. <laughs> Except, obviously, the blinding. <laughs> that is agony for you. <laughs> Whether I have perfect, perfect 2020 vision. In fact, last checked, my vision was 2121 vision. Eyes of an eagle. <laughs> Andronicus didn't hear any of this. It, no. the, the blood was pumping through his ears yeah, and just yeah. high pitched screaming yeah. noises as the, the sheer agony of that, that nail being hammered through one of his eyeballs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, uh, anyway, Andronicus Four has to go through this. What perhaps made him even more furious than the fact that he's been half-blinded is that his father also blinds his three-year-old son, John Seven. See, I would say that's a bit too far. Yeah. Now, I should probably say, just so we're being accurate here, we don't know for certain John Seven also went through the same treatment, but it would appear he did. Uh, it was certainly what was uh, ordered to be done, and we don't have any suggestion to say that it didn't take place after the order was given. So, so it looks like uh, that happens. Uh, and then Andronicus IV is thrown into a prison cell. This is not cushy house arrest. This is full-on prison cell, uh, as are the rest of his family. Oh, oh. Yeah, his wife and his children all in the same prison. And this is a prison that is built into the walls of Constantinople. You can still go and visit it to this day. This oh, is cool. the prison of Animus, which is uh, named after a general who led a failed coup against Alexios I way back in 1105. I double-checked because the name didn't ring a bell. We did not mention this coup. Alexios I had a very long episode. He no. did a lot. A lot happens. Um, so uh, this was something I just glossed over, obviously. But yeah, he was the first prisoner in the prison yeah. and it was named after him. Uh, conditions... Not nice. Well, it's a prison. Imagine a medieval prison. Yep. There you go. That's it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Here's your uh, hay pile to sleep on. Oh, wait, 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 wait. And a few rats. There's a nest of rats in yes. there as well. Not rats you can make friends with, no. No, these are the ones with, like, grudges. These rats play cards with matchsticks <laughs> in the corner, yeah. but they never invite you to join in. Oh, that's just hurtful. No. Yeah, it's, it's the emotional helpful. damage that prison causes more than anything else, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's over time. Yeah. yeah. They know what they're doing. <laughs> so, not fun. For over three years, Andronicus IV stays in a cell. Probably assuming his life was over. But then one night, in the summer of 1367, there was a commotion. Again, we don't have the details, as I keep saying this episode, but the Genoese broke him out and whisked him over the water, the Golden Horn, into their colony. But why? Why has this happened? Why is he suddenly broken out of prison? Uh, was it one of the families that had been trying to sweeten his ear kind of thing? Uh, well, the Genoese had heard that John V was about to sell that island, Tenedos, to the Venetians ah, again. Ah, yes. And they wanted this stopped. Mm. It soon became clear to Andronicus IV that there were many people, in fact, willing to offer him aid to help him bring down his father. The Genoese, obviously, they broke him out, but also the Turks and the Bulgars and even 
a Serbian prince was throwing his lot in. In fact, Andronicus IV didn't know what to do. He was falling over troops and money and, yeah. It's, it's almost they want the Roman Empire to fail by causing internal <laughs> struggle, what? No, no, they wanted him to succeed. Ah. And after all, he was the best bet for the empire. Yes, of course. Uh, so all he had to do was use all these troops and all this money. Fantastic. A month after being broken out of prison, he is storming the city. There is a brief siege, but it doesn't last long because someone opens the gate. Ah, oh, Keith. Yeah, bloody Keith. And as covered, his father was completely powerless to stop this from happening, and he was captured. Andronicus IV is now sole emperor. He throws his father and his brother into the same prison that he had spent the last three years in. Do you think as he's as he locks the door because he did it personally? He just went poetic justice. He did, but then he like stared through the little grate in the door and noticed that his brother Manuel immediately, without even pausing, walked up to the rats playing cards with matchsticks in the corner oh. and just sat down with them. And they didn't even look up; they just doubt him in. Oh. Just doubt him in. It was painful. Yeah, that was yeah. That's that's agonizing. Do you think he then yeah. like rushed back and said, "Daddy, you still come around for Christmas?" <laughs> so, with his father and his brother in prison, uh, Andronicus IV is going to make some changes, damn it. It's time to usher in a new golden age. He quickly put a patriarch in place and had himself crowned, just to make sure it was very clear. I mean, yeah. he was already emperor, but look, look, this crown, I mean, he'd already got the old one on. They just screwed it on a little bit tighter. <laughs> a few more turns. But also, he crowns his son, John Seven, who is around seven years old at this point. So there you go. Oh. Emperor, heir, official. This is mm. it. New Golden Age. Um, <laughs> and he's just about to start his ruling, ushering in that Golden Age, when just as someone turns up, it's an ambassador from Genoa, and one from the Ottomans. Mm. So about payment, they say in unison. <laughs> so the Genoese want one thing and one thing only, Tenedos, that pesky island that's causing all the problems recently. Andronicus IV, more than happy to give it to them. Of course you can have the island. No problem. Yep, I hated it there as a child. It is yours. Yeah, you have it. Um, slight problem, though. The governor of Tenedos was still loyal to his father, and that governor had invited the Venetians onto the island, and they were now defending it. Ah. See, so you might need to yeah. slit the old throat if you're going that way. <laughs> just heads up. Yeah. You're not, I can't give you the island. You're now going to have to invade and take it, which is what you were trying to avoid doing anyway, because it is a well-fortified island. Mm. So, so, sorry about that. Well, apparently, the Genoese were very upset about this. And we actually get a bit of sauce. Hooray! Oh. A little bit of detail suddenly comes in. Um, yeah, the Genoese uh, were very unhappy, in fact. So much so that they accused Andronicus of tipping the island off. Like, you betrayed us. And I'll quote... To clear himself of this suspicion, the emperor agreed to be their ally. And now, for all our poverty, he is making ready weapons and munitions and ships and is compelled to hire soldiers, a thing that for him is more difficult than flying. He just has to do everything the Genoese say. It's like, I'll help yeah. you take it back. Yeah. The quote goes on. But even these evils, grave as they are, can be accounted tolerable when compared to our domestic ills. For the emperor's father and brothers are still held in prison, from which there is no escape. Each evening, men expect the dawn to bring some new development, and every day they fear the night will bring some great calamity. It is like a storm at sea, where we are all in danger of going down. 
Oh, that's almost ridiculously poetic. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's clearly just a poet sat in Constantinople at the yeah. time, just looked up and said, oh, I'll write about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, th- th- things not going well in the in the capital, as, as you can see. Yeah. Yes. As mentioned last episode, there were cheers for John's ascension in the street, but it was mainly because there was lots of swords pointing at people, telling them to cheer. Yes. You are happy, you get, right? Yeah. Yeah, sources are thin on the ground, but you really do get the impression that the people weren't really behind this. Mm. Anyway, uh, the Venetians and the Genoese go to war. Uh, long, complicated war, not going to get into it, but just know... Two naval superpowers now fighting each other over this. Splendid. Over his little bit of land. Andronicus sort of turns from all that mess going on to the uh, the other person waiting for payment. Been waiting very patiently. <laughs> Been here for a month, uh, sir. <laughs> yes, okay, the Ottomans. And, and you want... Uh, we'll have Gallipoli, please. Remember, Gallipoli, the launch pad for any more invasions into Europe. Uh, very useful port city. Uh, mm. And... Um, Lord Flasher, the Green Count of Sausage, he'd managed to get Gallipoli back for the Empire. Of course he did. Of course he had. Of course he did. Mm. But Andronicus IV just gives it back up again. Yep, there you go. So, that's it. Gallipoli's gone. Andronicus IV, personally in fact, went to see Morad to give him the city. And also, whilst he was there, agreed to an annual tribute. Why do say personally give away the city? Did you have it, like, packed away? In yeah, trunks? flat flat pack. Oh, like yeah. Ikea. Cool. Yeah, very, very well organised. Yeah. Here you go. One city delivery. One Allen key. <laughs> okay. Good. Good luck. <laughs> After he deals with that, Andronicus can finally get on with reigning and being the emperor. And uh, I can sum up his entire reign by saying, uh, I don't know. Yeah. We, we get next to no details. No one thought to write it down, or if they did, it's been lost to time. For the next three years, the Venetians and Genoese fight each other, the Turks advance through Europe, and the Empire do very little. And then one night, Andronicus IV receives news that he must have dreaded. His father and his brother had been broken out of prison. Oh. We have no <laughs> idea how they got broken out of prison. The Genoese broke Andronicus out, so it's speculated that maybe the Venetians broke his father and Manuel out, but we know that Manuel broke out himself. Oh, yeah. He just looked yeah. to the lock and he just went withered and rusted under his gaze, his sexy gaze. Well, he, what Manuel did is he just finally finished that game of cards and he'd <laughs> won all of the matchsticks by this point and he was able to fashion them together to make a rudimentary key. <laughs> and then, then he used that to unlock the door. Good old Manuel Doss. He's so cool. He's so cool. So, <laughs> I really hope when we get to him, he is actually cool. We'll make him cool. <laughs> we'll have to twist a lot of facts if he's not. That's right. We'll, we'll do the, the, the drunk guys in the pub right in the Historia Augusta. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, be fine. He'll be, right. he'll be our I... Manuel. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, his father and his brother are out of prison. Andronicus turns to his allies, but it soon became clear that Morad had abandoned him. His father had promised the Sultan even more in the annual tribute, so that's it. The Ottoman support was gone. The Genoese are still on his side, though. That's good, but they could not hold back the combined forces of the Venetians and the Turks. So in 1379, Andronicus and his family fled out of the main city and across the water again into the uh, Genoese colony. And as covered last time, 
Andronicus and his father reached a stalemate. Neither side could deliver a decisive blow. They were living next door to each other in almost a double city. Uh, it was just an untenable situation. Two years of this pass, and eventually an agreement is made. Andronicus IV would become the heir once more, not his brother Manuel. This was a win for Andronicus. He is yeah. now the heir. However... <laughs> I allow it. it <laughs> however, his father is now the emperor, so that's a loss for him. But it was decided we'd just forget all of this happened. Yeah. He combined six years of rotting in a cell that they gave to each other. We'll just pretend that didn't happen. Yeah. We both did three years each. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. So a treaty was signed between father and son. But interestingly, the Genoese and the Ottomans were very much standing over them as they signed it. Essentially, the treaty was, we won't fight each other anymore, and um, we won't fight the Genoese. Okay. Unless the Ottomans tell us to. <laughs> In brackets. Yeah, pretty much. The, the treaty was no more fighting unless the Ottomans decide otherwise. It was very much was a well, we do who's really in charge I mean. here. Yeah. So Morad's definitely in charge. So for the next few years, Andronicus IV lives in the city of Salimbria, which is just down the road from the capital. Remember, they have very little land left at this point. So when before we've said Constantinople and the surrounding farmlands, this is a small city in that surrounding farmland. Mm. So that's where Andronicus IV is. And, um, yeah, he spent his time building up troops. And then in 1385, he attacked a fort controlled by his father because he could not let things go. <laughs> a pitched battle takes place that we get very little detail on. Uh, we can infer that no one wins decisively because there is no obvious outcome from it. Uh, and then Andronicus dies. Oh, yeah, we don't get details. An illness is the detail given. He dies of illness, which is very believable. People got ill all the time. Yeah. But you do wonder whether maybe maybe his father had just had enough of him yeah. did, and this was an assassination. Did he perhaps open a birthday present with a live snake in there? Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, he's dead. Oh, okay. So that is the wonderful, wonderful reign of Andronicus IV. Oh. Yeah. Let, let's rate him. Yeah. Fightius Maximus. Zero. No, you're being too harsh. Okay. I cannot give him zero for Fightius Maximus. Okay. He... 0.5. <laughs> he fought in a pitch battle that he did not lose against his father. But in my head, that pitch battle is just him and his dad having a full-on drunken fight in a field. <laughs> That's no, not a battle. It had it was a battle with soldiers. They were just watching. We don't have, just because we don't have the details, like the Battle of Zama, doesn't mean that it wasn't a massive okay, it wasn't a massive battle. But but the fact is it was a battle. He fought in it. Also, he sieged Constantinople for several weeks, fought his way in, and took the the emperorship off his father. I mean, that is that is fighting his way to become that, well, the emperor. Well, that's true, but he's given loads of soldiers by everybody else. He's let in with someone with a key. Every emperor was given soldiers. No emperor was the whole army themselves. You make good points. He's clearly not really the person in charge, and he's clearly not good at this. So I'm not suggesting he gets even half marks, but I, he can't get zero. Okay. He did do some okay. fighting. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going two. 
See, I was, I was actually going to say three, because getting into Constantinople is a big job, even if you, you're let in, you, you've got to have the contacts yeah. and stuff. But I'll sit okay. with two. No, I'll sit with two. <laughs> yeah, okay, four then. Four, four for this round. Ooh, I need to write these down. Caprovium Crazium. Okay, not much in the way of Crazium. There's no stories of him doing anything crazy as such, because there's so few details. Uh, but he definitely is getting points for repeatedly ignoring his father. Yes. That went against what was good for the Empire. Yeah. He then coos against his own father. He sows them out. And then even after there is an agreement that they'll have peace, he breaks the peace mm. and starts fighting yet again at the end of his life. I mean, he just he just won't stop being an idiot. No. But I think it's this, this point that happens, like, the Empire's closing down. It always tends to happen. People just get selfish. They want... They want to reclaim former glory. They still think, oh, but we're Roman. And it's like, no, you're not anymore. You're just a, you get a feet, haggard. He's, he's, this is Gondor he, in Lord of the Rings. He realises the Empire's falling apart. Yeah. And he's trying to scrabble around for anything he can get. Yeah, he wants an easy life. Yeah. I'm going to give him five. No crazy stories, but very high opprobrium. So, yeah, I'm going five. I'm going to give him four. I'm not as okay. impressed. So nine. Fair enough. Nine. Success ultimate. <laughs> oh, if only we did minus numbers. Um, <laughs> he made the roads curvy. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just... He's got to be one of the worst people we've ever covered. Yeah. For this round, surely. He, he is... He, he, he rose he, an he, army that just were probably just people in the street and probably killed off people right when when he tried to when his dad asked he tried to send them out and stuff yeah he just seems to actively do the wrong thing the whole yeah. time yeah he's incapable really, of thought really bad so it's zero for successors but did, us, did, yeah? did he do anything for like the people is there any any anything at all about he we get or... no details okay, of his reign apart from the fact that he gives away gallipoli and he tried to give away tenedos yeah yeah that is it that's fine Zero. I'm going to give him a double zero. Image of So there we go. We've got yet another uh, Ooh, nice, drawing. Nice bed. Yeah, this is uh, from the Extracts of History by Zenorus. Uh, I can't remember if I mentioned that that's where a lot of these pictures come from before. Probably did at some point. Um, yep, this is nearish contemporary now, actually, mm. because we're getting towards the end of the, the yeah. Empire. Uh, we've seen this a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's that same ink drawing, big hat, yeah. beads in his hair. He's got a good forked beard. What I like, uh, though, about this is clearly yeah. the, the, the um, oh, what are they called? The little wrinkles you get at the side of your eyes. Oh, crow's feet. Crow's feet. And he's got, he yeah. looks so tired, like the bags under his eyes. He's got a lot of bags under, mainly under one, which gives you the impression yeah. he's got a black eye. And it's either, so maybe someone's just punched him. And it's either his moustache doing a big downward thing. Yeah. Which, and he's got a very small smile underneath. <laughs> or he's got a big mouth oh, and a big sad yes. face. <laughs> I can't decide. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, I, I've just got to go down the middle. It's nothing exciting. It's nothing terrible. No. It's fairly generic. I'm going five. That's 2.5 for this round. Temple And how long do you think he lasted there? I think longer than you think, because he looked quite old in that picture. I'm guessing over 20 years. Ooh, ah, I'm not going from his first crowning. Oh, so when did he become... Not when he's a child. So when did he become uh, officially? 
I'm going from when he overthrew his father, when oh. he was the emperor in his own right. Because before that, he was essentially the heir. Okay. They call them co-emperors. They're yeah. the heir at this point. In that case, three years. Three or four years. Yes, three years. You got it dead <laughs> on. So that gives him a score of 0.38 for this round. That gives him a score of 15.88. Hey. Higher than perhaps people were expecting. So higher um, than I was expecting. I mean, f- yeah. three for fighting. Like, he did do some fighting. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you argued the point. Yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but does he have Gene César? Obviously not, but let's play the music and yeah. go into the room. And yeah. No, we don't go into the room. No. Let, let's just stare at this door for a bit. Do they have a certain Gene César? No. no. What an awful emperor he is. So that's Andronicus. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Oh, he was judged. The patriarch was right. He mm. was judged harshly. Well, no, he's he, judged was judged. he was judged very fairly. He was judged, yes. Yeah, he was judged and he was found to be wanting. Do you think there's like him now somewhere just going, ah, oh, but I opened up all these orphanages. I gave <laughs> so much to charity. I, I, I did amazing stuff. It's just social welfare. no one wrote it down. Yeah. Do you think I did literally nothing in those three years? Mm. I did loads. Yeah. Oh, well. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, well, we should have got someone to write it down, shouldn't they? Yeah, loser. Uh, <laughs> now, I don't remember how well you remember last time, but Andronicus usurped his father for three years and then failed. But then someone else did exactly the same, because John V had three reigns, remember? So <laughs> yeah. our next episode <gasps> is Andronicus's son, Oh, who also usurps John V. In my head, he's still a child. Uh, yeah, well, he kind of is. He's young, uh, and you if you remember, John's blood. Ah! put the fork <laughs> down. We're having Sunday lunch. If you remember John Five's episode, uh, th- this one is short. Mm. We're, we're talking a matter of weeks. However, looking into it, I'm not sure how I'm going to do it because uh, he does quite a bit after being emperor and it might relieve some of the pressure on manuel doss's episode because oh he's gonna get a chunky episode <laughs> yeah. um so i don't know we we're either gonna have an even shorter episode than this next time or i will be doing something to pad it out i've not decided yet we will find out next time that's good jamie four four more that's it yeah oh it's how counting works. I know I said five last time, but oh, it's scary now. Four more. We've got John 7, Manuel Doss, John 8, Constantine 11. That is it. But then, though, the exciting one, we get the rounds. Oh, we do get the rounds. Yes. So that's to look forward to. Right. OK, well, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for downloading us on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Amazon, Spotify. Well, I don't think we're on Spotify, but thank you for downloading us. No, we are. We are. We're on Spotify. Series, series 2 is, but apparently Series 1 isn't, oh. and I need to figure out why. I, I yeah. can't figure out why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. And uh, also, I'm just going to say, uh, Jamie got me a present, and uh, we didn't use them at all. No. Throughout the whole episode, and uh, it's probably a good thing, but he got me one of these. <laughs> It's, it's a kazoo. It's a kazoo. And uh, we'll, we'll play you out with our song. Yeah, okay. Good, goodbye. Goodbye.
<laughs> How do you like that? How do you like that, Manuel? Yeah, I'm back. I'm the air. You're not the air anymore. No, 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 no. Manuel, man, why, why aren't you responding, Manuel? Oh, is it because you're really upset? No, I'm just finishing off my love sonnet to one of my many concubines. Oh. Well, it, it doesn't matter. Did you hear that? You're not the heir anymore. Wait. I was the heir? But, what do you mean? Yes, of course you were the heir. You, I, I stopped being the heir. Father took it from me and gave it to you. There was a whole ceremony. They crowned you. Oh, but I have those, I have those kind of parties all the time. In fact, it reminded me of my birthday. It was a foggy night, a misty night, and I made love to many women. Oh. Well, anyway, well, you were heir, and you're not anymore. So, how, how do you like them apples? Yeah? Yeah? I think for you it is a wonderful thing. My heart swells with pride at my older brother, who is finally growing up. Well, yes, yes, I am. And anyway, right, as, uh, as co-emperor, and because you're not, I am, I'm sending you out of the city. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, off to Thessalonica. Not allowed to stay in Constantinople anymore. Nah. Ah, perfect. It has been a while since I've made love to Thessalonica. I hate you. You do realise that, don't you? No.